Hello and welcome to night number 19 of 31 Nights of Frights, year four, the Stephen King of horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night number 19 brings us to the final of the Stephen King Netflix original films, starring Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood. This is the 2017 Mike Flanagan directed Gerald's Game. All right, so first things first, Gerald's Game is going to be a little bit of a tricky one to talk about. As you, the listener, knows, I try to keep it a little bit on the clean side so that everybody can listen to it. And this is a novel when it originally came out that it was Stephen King's kinky erotic horror thriller. I don't know if all those words were used to describe it or not, but what I can tell you is that the word erotic always stuck out, and it's one reason why I shied away from ever reading the book. For one, it came out in 92, it's a little bit before I started reading Stephen King. For another, it's definitely not appropriate for a kid to be reading. And that's only if the movie is close to what the book is. I would imagine the book is definitely more graphic in its detail. Before we get too far into anything, I think we should probably go and say what the movie is actually about. Jesse and Gerald are a very unhappily married couple. They decide to spice things up a little bit by going to a remote and secluded lake house. And this is where Gerald decides to let Jesse know about his rape fantasy and some S&M antics. He goes and wastes no time for wanting to get to business, with Jesse kind of going along with it and proceeding to let Gerald handcuff her to the bed. Jesse is uncomfortable with the whole situation. Gerald proceeds to continue to force himself on her and never uncuffs her handcuffs. During all this, Gerald winds up having a heart attack and dies. The rest of the movie winds up being Jesse's struggle for survival. So as she struggles to break free, she also has some self-realizations. So first things first on this, it's supposed to be a erotic thriller. I don't know what the book actually does or doesn't do, but the movie itself is not very erotic at all. Instead, it winds up being more of a drama with the true horror being some of the things that happened to Jessie over the course of her life through some of these self-realizations we come to find out that not only was she married to a man that she maybe barely knew, or at the very least even loved. It's never truly said whether Jesse loved Gerald or not. I imagine it's more of a companionship and the fact that he was very wealthy and took care of her. She didn't have to do anything in life. He brought home the paycheck and she played the role of the loving wife, even if she didn't actually love him. So maybe that's one of the horrors here too, of being more or less that feeling of being trapped, which later in the film, she is literally trapped. We also find out that she was also sexually abused by her own father. So this movie has a lot of heavy moments going on. And thankfully, director Mike Flanagan handles everything very tastefully. And I think that's one of the best parts about it is that Mike Flanagan is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors as far as doing horror. He's established himself with quite a few different projects. He's one of the few directors out there, well, horror directors, I guess if you would like to consider him that, because a lot of his horror projects have a lot more things going on. And I think that's one of the things that 
really attracted him to this project and to tackle this adaptation of a book that when I was doing a little bit of research on it, a lot of people felt that the book was unfilmable. But Mike Flanagan really handles the horrors that Jessie has gone through in her life as well as the current horrors that she's going through along with the drama really well. It's something that he's crafted throughout his career, especially with his two projects on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. It helps that his two leads that are in this film, such as Carla Gugino, she's fantastic as Jessie. We really do feel that she's a fighter and that she's not going to simply give up even though she wants to. Bruce Greenwood as Gerald? with his being a figment of Jesse's imagination, does really well too. A lot of his stuff is pacing back and forth and he looks a little bit more grotesque as it goes on because the door to this lake house was never closed. There's a stray dog and he comes in and takes some nibbles off of the dead body of Gerald laying at the foot of the bed. This movie as a whole is a very heavy movie. It's a very emotionally heavy film. It's also tough to watch in spots, not just from the content of the film and the general story, but in an effort to keep this clean, I'm, I'm going to go with what people have been referring to it as, and that's the degloving scene. Trust me, you'll know it when you see it. There's also one bit of the film that I have not talked about yet, and that's the fact that there's also a serial killer on the loose. Remember when I said that the door to the lake house was open? Well, it allows a serial killer to go and be in the shadows. I kind of like the way this was done. Mike Flanagan is excellent at putting things in the shadows, people in the shadows, things that we may see behind someone that they're not seeing. He seems to do this in just about every single film and Netflix project that I've seen of his. It's excellent. Every single time he does it, it works for the particular movie or show that he made. It gives you that high creep and ick factor to know that there's something in the shadows that you can't see. It preys on our fear of the dark. I almost like the fact that since she is cuffed to the bed, it seems like this disfigured serial killer that Jesse calls the man made of moonlight. It's almost like he takes pity on her because she is handcuffed to the bed and that she can't fight back, so it wouldn't be much of a challenge for him. So all he does is just kind of stand in the corner and antagonize her every night. That, of course, changes a little bit later in the movie, but these scenes that are very subtle work and are far better executed as far as creeping us out than a jump scare. There is something to be said about jump scares. When there's a good one, there's a good one. But it's often used way too much in horror films. And that's one of the most surprising things about Gerald's game. A lot of people do see Gerald as a villain, if you think about it. He could be. It's never right to force yourself on anybody, even if they're your wife. If you don't have that consent, then you shouldn't be doing it. I think there's a serious element where Gerald and Jesse did not know each other very well, and so they were never truly open with each other. I don't think Gerald knew about Jesse's past. I don't remember if they said about that or not in the movie. Had he known about her past, I don't think he would have ever tried to do what he did as far as spicing up their sex life. 
Or if he did know about it, then I think he's a truly despicable character, but that's never fully established here in the film. I think that's another thing where the movie works well for the story. It gives us something to talk about, where for everything that is shown on screen, for what is not shown is all the more interesting too. It allows us as the viewer to try to get into both Gerald and Jesse's head to try to figure out what actually went wrong maybe in their marriage. I think it was simply a lack of communication on both parties. The fact that they probably didn't love each other the way they should is probably another red flag. With Gerald dying, this allowed Jessie to more or less move on with her life. With her going through this traumatic experience as an adult, it allowed her to maybe, for lack of better words, make peace with the trauma that she went through as a child at the hand of her own father. I think that's really one of the reasons why this is an essential Stephen King film. Maybe not the most Halloween-esque type of movie, but it's definitely an essential because it works on so many different levels. At the hands of a lesser writer-director, we would have been left with a film that wouldn't have had a big impact on the viewer. It could have very easily turned into a relatively sterile feeling film or trashy film, but instead Mike Flanagan chose to face those tough moments head on as a director just like Jesse did as the character. It's kind of weird to think about that with Jesse going through everything she went through in her life as well as being handcuffed to the bed that she's finally free by the end of the movie. She's free from that loveless marriage. She's free from the bed. She's free from the emotions of her childhood. She's using it in a way to free herself as well as others from that situation. I almost forgot to mention the man made of moonlight, the serial killer. It's kind of cool to see that it was played by actor Carl Strucken, who again was another actor in Twin Peaks. Even though he had tons of facial prosthetic, it's pretty easy to pick out who it is especially if you are a fan of Twin Peaks. But either way, if you have not seen Gerald's Game, hopefully I did not spoil too much of it. I highly recommend checking it out, even with the heavy subject matter throughout the film. It is a film that is more drama with horror elements, and the horror elements are a little bit different than what you're expecting. Maybe one of the true horrors that somebody could face in their life would be facing themselves. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes of either 31 Nights of Frights or my weekly podcast, Adam Analyzes, you can do so at AdamAnalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can reach me at AdamAnalyzesPodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. Plus, you know, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I will see you back here tomorrow for night number 20.